Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you've tuned in to the program today. We're doing an episode on Acts chapter 19. Excited to be back in the chair and on the mic after that uh, text talk yesterday with Jackson on the last episode. Looking forward to good things. What's our text today? We're actually going to be moving on now in Acts chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 8. I'm going to go all the way to verse 20. Again, still reading from the English Standard Version. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But... When some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? I love to read this like I do to my kids. I hope you're okay with that. (laughs) And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Well, I tell you what, I'd love to hear even some demonic trash talking in your special reading voice, (laughs) because boy, he has his way with the seven sons of Siva. Yes, he does. Yeah. I mean, that just did not go the way they thought that was going to go. Get up on out of (laughs) here. Wait, is that my demon voice or is that my Batman voice? I can't remember. Uh, It does sound like Batman. We've got to work work more on that. Yeah. Yeah, good demon voices. That's fun. That's fun. It was, it was, That's not even fair, doing the I'm quotes when people can't see it. Air quotes. It's not video. We need video. <laughs> All right. So I want to pick up here, though, and just notice as we begin talking through this, you start in verse 8 through 10, and we see how this is going to be a prolonged time that Paul stays in Ephesus, a nice long ministry uh, working here in, among it, it appears, among the Jewish folks first uh, in the synagogues, as was his task or I should say, as was his kind of M.O. And again, as we've seen in so many other communities, uh, they're going along with it, they're going along with it, and then it turns. And uh, Jewish people, excuse me, Gentile people are more interested in following his word after that. And yet how God is confirmed 
confirming that Paul's message is the truth, and this is Paul's man, by all of the power that goes along and is out of him to exercise evil spirits and the healings and all of this. And you know, before I turn it back over, I just want to kind of draw a connection here about this theme of authority that's been running through the first section of Ephesians 19, in the name of the Lord, a baptism in the name of the Lord. He's been speaking to them, as verse 8 said, about the kingdom of God, which is about a rule of God. And when people were rejecting his teaching, in verse 9, they were speaking evil against the way. The way is the message of Christ, is the kingdom of God, is the lordship of Jesus Christ. All this goes together. And then lo and behold, there's no pretenders to it, as the seven sons of Siva will demonstrate. Uh, just because you want to say his name doesn't mean you've recognized the authority of the Lord. Stealing my thunder. That is exactly what I was hoping we would talk about. This idea, we actually mentioned it a couple of days ago as we were talking about baptism. The idea that doing something in the name of Jesus means just pronouncing the word Jesus over something is absolutely and utterly incorrect. You're telling me that there's a difference between acting in the name of Jesus and like Jesus branding? Yes, that is exactly the point. Okay. So we brought up the other day. So specifically in baptism, there is a denominational group, United Pentecostal. They, we often refer to them as the Oneness Pentecostal because the overarching doctrine that is the mainstay of their organization and their denomination is the idea that Father, Son, and Spirit are all the exact same person. They are merely different uh, what is it? Modes? I think. I think. I think. Yeah, technically, I think what they believe modalism, in is what's called right? modalism. That yeah. he has presented himself in three different modes. That in creation he was the Father, and in incarnation he is the Son, and in Revelation he is the Spirit. That idea, but all actually the same person. The truth of the matter, if I understand Scripture correctly, is that there is there. There is Father. There is Son. There is Spirit. God, the one God. Mm-hmm is in the person of Father, Son, and Spirit. Father is fully God. Son is fully God. Spirit is fully God. However, the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. Mm -hmm. We have one God in three persons. And what we get down to is this becomes an... And um, well, it's a mystery. It's it's something that I is mean, beyond I think our that is capability. The word for it, mystery. The, the struggle, and I don't, I'm not wanting to get too far off on this, moving into Trinity instead of the point about the name. But I just want us to understand how this got started. What we need to understand is that God is beyond our human existence. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one of my favorite illustrations, and it's not actually an illustration of the Trinity because there's almost no illustration of Trinity that actually works. Right. There, there's nothing in our human existence that mirrors this. And that's really important mm-hmm. because what we need to understand is that God is beyond our human experience. So it should not shock us and surprise us that we get to a place of an inability to describe the infinite nature of God. And this is merely one of the places. One of my favorite illustrations of that comes from an old math book by Edwin Abbott called Flatland. Mm -hmm. And it pictures the idea of a three-dimensional cube entering a two-dimensional plane and then trying to explain its existence to two-dimensional creatures. Imagine a cube trying to explain to creatures that have no idea what three dimensions are. They can only think in two dimensions. And so he says, well, I'm like a square, but I'm like a thousand squares 
on top of each other. So, so what you're saying is you're a square? Yes. Um, but, but you're a thousand squares? Well, I mean, no, no, actually I'm one cube. Stacked on top of each other? What, what does on top of mean? Uh, okay, let me try this again. You know what? Actually what I am is I am six squares folded together to form what might be like a box. Okay, so wait a minute. Are you one square? Are you what? Th that idea of that cube trying to explain himself mm -hmm. to two-dimensional objects, it's beyond them. And that's where we are with God. Yeah. God, the one God in three persons, is beyond us. But this idea that Father, Son, and Spirit are all exactly the same is just not true. It's not what Scripture it's, it's says. It's not what Scripture says. So that long way around the barn, and I, I appreciate you not getting too bored over there as I was explaining that. I was just thinking this might be better with a PowerPoint. <laughs> We're not. But, but I don't think video. drawing is going to help because it's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our comprehension. Yeah. Anyway, what that has led to is a teaching that the only baptism that works is a baptism if you actually say the phrase in the name of Jesus. This is a hallmark of the oneness Pentecostal teaching. That that's is what, correct. That's what we're talking about. Okay. And so their claim is if you said in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit when you baptize somebody, well, that's not biblical baptism. Wow, okay. So here's what I'm trying to get across, though. Doing something in the name of Jesus is not the same as simply saying the word Jesus. You do something in the name of Jesus when you do it by the authority of Jesus. What Jesus has authorized, what Jesus has empowered mm -hmm. by his death, burial, and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what he has authorized is baptism for the remission of sins in water. Conducted on his authority, not John's authority, not Joseph Smith's authority, not your authority, Andrew. Mm -hmm. Definitely not your authority. Not my authority. On yeah. the authority of Jesus. Yeah. So that brings us back then to Acts 19, where certainly it was clarified that uh, this baptism, that these disciples needed to be in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, which they submit to. They are Christians now, disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, having been made after the teaching we find in Matthew chapter 28, another of those Great Commission passages. So this text that we're looking at here about these seven sons of Siva and this faux exorcism that went awry, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I always find so remarkable about this account is to see is to see uh, the way the crowds respond, okay, to this failed exorcism. In verse 17, it says, uh, this became known, This the, the failed exorcism, okay, where the demon guy just whips up on all of them. It says, this became known to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, right? And so this turns out to be this sort of a, a kind of evangelistic episode. I'm trying to imagine what that'd be like the next week when the, when the church came together and there's all these new faces. Why are you here? Why are you here? Uh, I saw some guys like running naked through the streets. <laughs> and and they said the name of Jesus, but they obviously weren't acting in the name of Jesus. But Paul is actually pulling this off. He must be really acting in the name of Jesus. I want to glorify the Jesus that Paul is really teaching. And and when I see when Jesus is really acting, that is what I want to glorify. And it did impact them. And it just again shows it's not about the word J-E-S-U-S. Yeah. It's about the authority, the true authority. And Paul demonstrated it. These guys didn't. So I'm reminded also in the Sermon on the Mount when the Lord gives some teaching about a judgment day scene. I think it goes again to show this difference between, well, I'm going to call something Jesus. 
I'm going to invoke that name versus I'm going to submit to him and follow him as Lord. Okay. So in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus taught the multitudes, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Not I used to know you, but you fell away. Yeah. I never knew you. I never knew you. You're calling my name like you know me. And we don't have a relationship. Those that are going to enter into the kingdom are the ones that call him Lord, but it means something because they obey his word. They obey the will of the Father that he communicated. So here's my question. Those those fellows who are so sincere that they're they're even arguing with Jesus about it. Mm. I'm talking about your folks in Matthew 7. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so sincere, so convicted, they're even arguing with Jesus about it. Had they ever actually cast out demons or done mighty works in the name of Jesus? So... No. I mean, that's the deal. That's the lesson learned here in Acts 19, that because you invoke the name, because you Jesus brand, okay, and so you slap it on your bicycle club, and now we're cycling for Jesus, or you slap it on your martial arts club, now we are karate for Jesus, doesn't mean you are acting in the name of the Lord, because the Lord does not teach you to launch a cycling club or mixed martial arts or whatever it is you're doing in the name of Jesus. Those folks that Jesus talked about there in Matthew 7, that obviously something happened. They did something that they were convinced was casting out demons in the name of Jesus or performing wonders in the name of Jesus. But what Jesus points out is, is that not what it was. Whatever was going on there was not allegiance to Jesus was not surrendering to Jesus. I don't have to figure out what they were doing. I don't have to figure out what happened. What I do know and what I take away from that tied into Acts 19 before we wrap up here is I need to interpret my experiences based on the word of God, not interpret the word of God based on my experiences. It will never be our role to tell Jesus, this was your work. It is Jesus through his word tells us this is my work. And that's the work I'm supposed to do. And be about it. And be about it. So we'd love to hear from you what you're learning in the scripture about the work of God, about the name of Jesus Christ. Whether you're whether you're just following along with us in Acts or and but but doing your own reading in some other passage, or if you're following this reading and this is where you are, we we'd love to hear. What are you learning? What questions do you have? Text talk at Christiansmeethere.org. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Let's bow together. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for this day, and we're glad that we might come to you in prayer. We are humbled as we look at this account here in Acts chapter 19. How, Father, you were working mightily through the Apostle Paul to make your gospel known, to make your truth known, and the authority of the name of the Lord. We pray, Father, that we might walk in that. We do want to live in your authority. We do, Father, want to serve you in the name of the Lord. And so, Father, guard us and keep us that we might be close to your word, faithful in all things, and sharing it with others. This day, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Let's rip up, (laughs) rip up, wrap up with a prayer.